What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain So many of you have been asking about when the opportunity was to visit on at HQ or experience an ecstatic dance or get some more personalized coaching from me. So I wanted to open up the Go For Your Win Mastermind Weekend and open that up to everybody because all the principles universally apply, whether it's own the day or go for your win or love and relationship or psychedelics, everything intertwines and supports that idea of genuine total human optimization and what I'm really all about. So We created the weekend June 16th and 17th, the Aubrey Marcus Mastermind Weekend, and it'll be an incredible opportunity to do all of the above. We're bringing in some great guest speakers. We're going to have roundtable discussions, opportunities to do black swan yoga, experience my brand new ecstatic dance, which I'm super excited to lead you guys through, and really get to drop in with myself, the inner circle, and the inner workings behind the Onnit team. So I hope to see a bunch of you guys there. If you're interested, go to aubreymarcus.com slash weekend, and you can check out tickets and some of the details there. So go to aubreymarcus.com slash weekend. As most of you guys probably know, I'm incredibly fond of the idea of being a poet, of going into the darkness, of looking at your shadows, of bringing out either beauty or truth or love or pain or suffering and sharing that with the world. And there's very few in the world that do that better than my man in Q. He's incredibly inspiring. Stay tuned for his spoken word. It'll blow your face off. I really enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you do as well. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> Take three. In Q and Aubrey's you have, epic podcast. Let's set this up again in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want to go back and figure this out? So here we are again, my man. We uh, came here. We were both in a kind of a fucked up spot mood, that day. Yeah. We, were in, we were in some kind of funk. Yeah. But we ended up sitting around, having a good chat. And I think both of us left that day feeling like, yeah, that was exactly what was supposed to happen. And here we are here for we are. round two to figure it out. Yeah, my man. Looking forward to it. So how early on did you know you had the the soul of the poet and the skills of a poet? Were like were those separate or did that kind of just go hand in hand? Um, well, I don't think I really thought of them as separate. And I don't really think that I thought of them, to be honest. I think that I thought of uh, something that I wanted to express, and I thought of the exercise of freestyling as meditation. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's giving myself too much credit. <laughs> I was not thinking about that either. <laughs> I was thinking about nothing. I was just enjoying it. Because when you're young and you fall in love with something, you fall in love with it for no mental reasons other than the experience of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in retrospect, when I thought about it, it was meditative because when I was freestyling, I couldn't focus on anything else but what the next rhyme was. And yeah. so that put me right into the moment. And I think being in the moment was something that I desperately needed at that time and uh, I'm still trying to find now. So that was your path to flow, was actually getting into getting into verse and getting into a place where obviously nothing is available to you if you're thinking about what you previously said or thinking about it's only available in the present moment when you're playing music or when you're you know freestyling and when you're speaking in that way like you start thinking about shit it all evaporates so it's it's that kind of external pressure that drives you into the deep now yeah and you can't create from clutter you can only create from space if you have too many things already in the space, nothing will arise out of the space and you'll never be surprised 
So you can't think about what you just said. Mm. You have to empty it out and then something else will sometimes surprise you. Mm. That was my favorite. Oh, that's the best, right? Freestyling and like, yeah, there's something that comes out that I did not know I was going to say until it literally exited my mouth. Right. So everyone else is like, oh, and I'm like, oh, but I don't do that, you know? Uh-huh. But it's the way that I was feeling. And uh, and how old were you when you started freestyle? I was 13, but I was goofy, man. It wasn't like I took it seriously at all. It was mm-hmm. really like a joke. At the was beginning. it more like hip hop style or did you know this kind of spoken word genre at that point and were kind of steering it that way? No, so it was all hip hop. Uh, spoken word was not even a glimmer in my eye yet. Yeah. Um, what I will say is that when I was 15, I went to uh, something called the Young Writers Retreat. And uh, it was something that I think UCLA put on uh, where they got a bunch of kids from high schools all around LA. And uh, you were like, I guess you got a scholarship or something like that to do it. You had to apply, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, anyway, so then we would all congregate. And that was like basically a creative uh, writing um, retreat. And it was maybe a two-day thing that they held in Lake Arrowhead. And uh, I was rapping at the time and not interested in creative writing per se, but I was interested in creative writing, you know, just Mm -hmm. being creative in my writing. And uh, I thought it would be a fun opportunity. So I went and there was a guy that they had that they brought in. And uh, I don't remember his name offhand, but he was a professional poet. And he led like some sort of a workshop with us. And uh, I remember being like, wow, okay. I didn't even know you could do that for a living. And I didn't even have an interest in doing that for a living. It was just an acknowledgement that something like that even existed. Mm -hmm. Because I really didn't know that it did before that moment. So when I got into poetry years later, it felt like it was coming full circle from that moment. That's interesting. You know, I, I remember as a writer, you know, I would... I just had that interest to steer shit into the deep waters. I remember mm-hmm. in like a fourth grade or fifth grade writing assignment, it was just write about anything you want. And I wrote about this guy who took his sled dogs to this snowy, snowy tundra. And he was riding <laughs> out on a sled so he could die in peace by himself in the snow and like <laughs> let his sled dogs go back. And the fucking teacher reads this, immediately calls my parents and like, um, you really shouldn't be doing Aubrey's homework for him. You know, blah, oh, blah, wow. blah. And they were like, no, he came up with this. And like, why would someone in fifth grade talk about a guy taking his sled out into the... And I was talking about the crunch of the snow on the thing. Do you remember what brought that about for you? No, no, I don't. And I think it was just this kind of natural inclination to explore like the deep waters. Mm -hmm. You know, like I just recall that. And then I recall the skill at communicating just steadily increasing. Mm -hmm. But I remember that that urge for the deep you know Mm -hmm. like acts of heroism acts of love Mm -hmm. like acts of sacrifice acts of and you know i think that's probably something that's somewhat universal but i think some of us are just more maybe finely tuned to that you know we like drive ourselves into the (laughs) into those areas Mm. to see what that feels like Mm. you know and maybe that's the that is the idea to me of of the poet's soul it's just someone who's willing to see the deep dark and steer right the fuck into it right sometimes it's a choice and then other times probably the choice is made for us (laughs) totally you know so it's interesting that you don't i mean i remember almost nothing from fourth grade Mm -hmm. i have a horrible memory which i blame on being in the present moment but that's not the reality (laughs) of it and it could have been weed it could have been something else but it's not it doesn't exist but i can't you know people tell me shit i did in high school and i'm like really like i'm Uh listening to someone else's story um, so I don't remember fourth grade, but it's interesting that you don't remember where that came from, you know, to explore that story. But then ultimately what that story is about is, is death, right? Yeah. And probably coming to terms with that. Right. And doing, and making it a conscious choice rather than the haphazard way that, you know, the universe can carry that out, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that was the interesting idea I was playing with, like someone who knows that they're going to die, but doing it on their terms right you know how would that look like okay go out in the snow cut the dogs loose you know and let the cold <laughs> take you what that's a fucking a, that's weird that's a really kid. good image actually yeah, cut, yeah. cut the dogs loose you know right right yeah so yeah. that's 
you know, and that's one of those kind of first moments. And then, of course, the torture of girls then mm-hmm. brought out my next stage of poetry because I literally was I never got the girl I liked ever, yeah. not once. I was over completely over till I was like twenty two. Okay. And so, and everyone You're making up for lost time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I started to figure a few things out. But I would like, I would like literally, I was just, I wasn't myself. What I realized now is I wasn't myself. Yeah. I was an overly pursuing, overly nice. They could recognize the falsehood in my pursuits. Yeah. They could recognize me coming to them. I think I love you so much. Blah, 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 which was bullshit. Yeah. You know, because really I was just kind of interested, but I was trying to play this other role and then of course the rejection was i felt the real pain of that and then the pain of that rejection drove me to kind of phase phase two of the poetry so for you like first it's all fun and then when was like phase two of the poems where shit started to get like a little bit more real well i was a very serious uh hip-hop artist at least in my own mind you know Mm -hmm. uh and i definitely I mean, the best moment of my life literally was when I was 15 or 16 and I ended up sneaking into a club with, you know, my friends and I battled this dude on stage. Yeah. Like, you know, it was straight out of a movie and just, you know, crushed him and everybody went crazy and I just never felt more alive. And I knew that that's what I wanted to pursue for the rest of my life. And then When I was 19 years old, I wound up at the Poetry Lounge, which is in Los Angeles. It's still the biggest open mic in the country. It's been going uh, for like 17 years or something like that, where they get 350 people every Tuesday night uh, who just pile into this room to listen to people come and put up work. So it's like church without religion. And that particular community became a family to me. And I was doing my raps a cappella, and it just kind of took on a life of its own. We ended up winning the National Poetry Slam Championships in 2004. I was on HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam. And uh, and so I guess naturally the flow of life was moving me in that direction, mm-hmm. but it took a while for me to recognize it and then actually pursue it consciously and to even acknowledge that I was a poet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing to acknowledge at this point. It almost seems like even by saying the word, somehow you're bragging or something like that. Like it's such a lofty thing. It's like such a lofty thing in your own mind. Yeah. Like even to even to own that thing, even if you're producing poems that people like, be like the poet, well, you know, I don't it's know. such a it's a weird thing, right? Weird thing to say at parties, you know? Yeah. Somebody's <laughs> like, What do you do? And you're like, I'm a poet. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. You know, it's like saying you're a race car driver. It's like people are just like, okay, bro, like, can you be any more douchey? You know, but so I used to not tell people. Uh I would just be like, I'm a writer. And then I would immediately start asking them questions, Yeah, which I'm usually pretty good at if I want to like get the energy onto the other person. I just will ask something that's like meaningful to me and it, and it usually will like shift the conversation. Uh, but it took me a while to actually like be able to say it and to be okay with whatever the response was or what people even perceive poetry to be, uh, you know, in comparison to what I think that I do and what it is that you do and what it is, you know, all the people that have inspired me have done and what it can be. Yeah. What is poetry? What is a poet? Um, I think everyone is a poet. I actually believe that. And that's not like a tagline. I think that we don't have uh, examples to look to in popular culture that uh, will inspire people to find the poet within themselves. Um, so I think a poet is somebody who's willing to uh, express the things that are more meaningful to them, more moving to them, uh, more vulnerable to them. Uh, thoughts and emotions that they have about themselves, uh, about society, uh, about the world, about humanity, about life and death, uh, about love, about struggle, about pain, about joy, and uh, and then sharing that, being willing to actually share it with another human being and, and connect with them on that deeper level. Because I think that that actually creates empathy, and empathy is what everyone needs most right now. You know, we're looking at everyone siloing off in their own little bubbles that feel most comfortable to them. And then we're looking at technology doing that for us in ways that we're not even conscious of. And uh, I think poetry is a beautiful art form that connects people 
So I would say you're a poet if you believe you're a poet and you're a poet if you write something and intend it to be a poem and then share it with somebody else. You know, and I've seen this in action. I've been in a couple of your poetry workshops, which are some of the most transformative practices that I've ever been able to witness. I did, we did one on the summit ship with a bunch of strangers, and then we did one at On It with a bunch of friends. And we saw a bunch of MMA champions and fighters and people, and they were not only creating their own spoken word poetry, but it was fucking dope. Yeah, really dope. Like, and that's the that's the surprising thing. People who've never written before, totally, you know, will captivate a room just from their vulnerability. Maybe they're choked up while they're reading it. They certainly yeah. don't have the ability to perform it at a hundred. But that raw expression of their truth, of them just bearing open their heart and saying, "This thing hurt." This mm. thing felt good, mm. you know, and we all can identify with that. And then mm. that therein lies the poetry, mm. you know, that's almost like the words can get in the way of, of the poem. Totally. Like the rhyme can get in the way of the poem in some cases. And sometimes it can accentuate it. Right. You know, sometimes it can help them slide into the ideas and tickle the mind as the heart's kind of like warming up as well. But other times, if you focus too much on the art of it, you might lose that raw expression which is really where the power lies i mean there is not a dry eye in the motherfucking house yeah you know when these people are reading their stuff and and oftentimes when you're reading your stuff and i think that's that's the beauty of it i think too often people judge the artifice of it you Mm. know they judge like oh what's the rhyme scheme oh how clever are the words and how clever are the metaphors like you just get up there express your truth it's like someone giving it on the dance floor or someone singing their heart out you know, it doesn't. If their pitch can be a little off, but if their heart is fully in it, that's right. You know, people will go, "Wow, you know, that was that was amazing." Yeah, people ask me how I write my poetry, and I always just pay attention to the things that matter to me. That's how I do it. I mean, it's really not rocket science. I just pay attention to the things that uh, actually resonate when I'm out in life, uh, and then I just document those things. So when I'm doing a workshop, I try to provide people with the same experience through that particular platform where I will share, you know, in a way that's very vulnerable, but from a place of strength. And then I will create a environment that's safe and even celebratory for other people to share their stories. And then I just ask them to choose something that matters to them. And when they really think about it, and they have the mirror of me first going, they'll find that story in their life that uh, they still need to get some air out of the tire from, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and then when they're willing to write from that place, the poem will write itself. Yeah. And then when they're willing to share from that place, they're getting up and giving that story away with an open heart in an open mind, no matter how afraid they are, is so courageous for everyone else in the room. And even if other people don't have that particular story, they see themselves in that person and it provides healing for everyone, including me. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> that key component, you know, one of the brilliance of your workshops is before people get up, you get people fired up. Yeah. You, go, you know them, yeah. you love them. Yeah. This is your friend. It's going to be yeah. a total strange. This is yeah. your friend. This is your family yeah. getting up. And everybody gives this rousing applause and these cheers. And it's just that extra courage yeah. to go out and be vulnerable. Because I think we've had the opposite example. You know, we've had that time where we're, you know, dancing our heart out and someone goes, oh, what are you doing? Totally. You know, or had that moment where we sing and someone's like, oh, that's gross. Or had have written something and be like, oh, that's lame. Yeah. You know? And and then that'll cause this constriction. And that constriction is like this straitjacket that we're wearing the whole time. So that just even the ability to pull that off, have support from your community. And then it really does bond the people, you know, who are there with them. Like when you see somebody, there's nothing that bonds like vulnerability. There's nothing that bonds like the armor. You want to get close to anybody. Yeah. Take off all your fucking armor. Exactly. You know, show what's in your heart. And then let them embrace you and be like, I see you. That's fucking amazing. And, you know, in the workshop, you know, I'll create that environment. And it's a a tight environment. So people feel safe and held within that space. Mm -hmm. But you don't even need that space. 
Because if you go out into the world and you're willing to be vulnerable from a place of strength and somebody doesn't respond well, they're probably a fucking asshole. <laughs> and you probably don't need to hang out with them yeah, anymore. Totally. I mean, it's really as simple as that. So you gain information yeah. by being open and honest by how people respond to you and what they're actually capable of. And you know, there's that saying, I don't know if I'm even getting it right because I just thought of this right now, but it's the the don't let uh, perfect be the enemy of good. Is that it? Sounds right. Is that right? Don't let. I like it. Yeah, I think. And I, what, what it basically means is like, don't let your idea of perfection be the enemy of doing something that's good. Well, in these workshops, it's almost the opposite. Like, d- don't let good be the enemy of great. It's not about being good. Mm-hmm. If you do it, it's great. Yeah, totally. And if everyone 100%. actually like invests in that, you can just raise the energy in a room to a place where it's transformative, like genuinely transformative and can be a metamorphosis for someone like evolving in real time, for letting go of something that they've held on to for years. There's nothing fucking whacker than like our shadow emotions that we're scared to acknowledge because we don't think that people will accept them so we don't accept ourselves. And I'm talking to myself too. But like, it's time for us to like own those things, speak them out into the world, love ourselves through them so we can actually release them and move on and be more in reality, not in our projections of reality from Mm -hmm. some past that's unresolved. Fuck yeah. Because why else are we here? Are we here here to just hide in the shadows and protect ourselves from the vulnerability and never get too happy, never get too sad, placate ourselves with mediocrity all the time? Fuck no. It's boring. It's boring. We're not going to finish this thing and be like, man, really glad I played it safe. Right. (laughs) Good good thing. (laughs) We got to let the dogs go, bro. We're on the tundra. Let's fucking roam. Let's go. Let's go. Fuck. Yeah, man. You know, and that it's worth it. It's worth it. Like, I came to you, you know, and I'm pretty public about this open relationship. When I saw you last time, I was in a low. I was in a heart-wrenching low, you know. But subsequently, I've been in sky-piercing highs Mm. and also heart-wrenching lows. And, like, I'll fucking take that Mm. any day. I'll take that. You know what I don't like? Is those years I can't remember because I was right. just worried about the future. I was just worried about what I was going to become. Am mm. I going to make it? Am I going to do? Fuck those years. Like, right. These ones count. Yeah. Like down on my knees, vomiting pain. Mm. Ah, that sucks. Mm. But like heart open, head up, you know, screaming hoka hey to the sky because yeah. I feel so in love and feel so good. Like, all right, let's do it. And you'll be able to also relate to people that are in all of those places that you visited because you've been there. So whatever that pain is that, that you've been feeling, that's gonna be the thing that'll allow you to connect to someone else that could like through sharing alchemize their life. Yeah. You know, just even that, just even them feeling the fact that they know by your presence that you've been through that. You know, I, I actually believe that energy you know, depending upon someone's life experience, you know, I don't know, like we were even talking earlier about like uh, how what you do in a a poetry reading can wind up getting in the way, Mm -hmm. you know, the rhymes or the, you know, I I feel that for myself. I think I'm the vehicle for my work, but I'm also the obstacle to my work, my ego, my need for validation, (laughs) all of that type of stuff. So, uh, I think that if I ever got to a place where I could actually let all of that go, like integrate it and and then let it go, then I could speak and it would just reconfigure <laughs> people's cellular structures. Yeah. I know people could do that to me. You know, you ever meet somebody who's like a legit shaman, not like just wearing beads, you know? <laughs> and like fucking yeah. you just they just say hello to you and you're like, you feel it. Yeah, Don Miguel Ruiz. Gives you a hug, author of The Four Agreements, Mastery of Love, Toltec Art of Life and Death. He gives you a hug, and you're like, what? What the <laughs> fuck was that? <laughs> you hugged me like like you're my my grandpa, and I right. haven't seen you my whole life. Mm. And it's just, it's a different kind of vibe mm. that they can transmute. But I don't think you give yourself enough credit, because I think there is there is something that moves through your work, undoubtedly. And, and that's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. It's a beautiful thing. 
to to behold and i think it's why those people who've been you know in your presence for this have have had such powerful experiences thank you man Appreciate and it's it. in in you know you've you've had lyrics in songs that'll translate you have you know videos on youtube but in in person then you know that's also there's there is that little magical kind of kind of thing yeah like you said that little don miguel ruiz thing like you could take a video of me and him hugging and, and this, right you might not exactly, feel that in the same exactly way exactly the right. same you know but i think that is a you can you can always kind of sense it and i think human beings are tuned to that because we all want to shed our own ego and our own self you know that's where all the fear comes from and then all the love comes from right the universal exactly so as soon as we can shed that and become part of the universal man life is heaven hmm. it's just fucking heaven well said. sometimes you got to go through hell so i'm going to start so i think the plan is let's um let's share a little poetry okay and then let's talk about how people at home you know because we've been building up this workshop not a lot of people are going to be able to actually go yeah. to one of your workshops so how people at home can start the poetic process for themselves okay cool yeah for sure all right so i'm going to share this one this one was actually born of some of the struggles that i was mentioning to you is this so this is recent this is recent yeah i just posted this amazing a week ago the woman you want most is a unicorn you will never tame her your ring will never contain her your name will never claim her she is wild as the moon shimmering white the ghost of your mind sky's night you could try to forge a bridle made out of plastic credit and dollar bills you can try to form a saddle secured by the thrust of your cock or the seat of your children, and she may wear both bridle and saddle, but in her heart, she is wild. So the only way to tame the unicorn, to set your inflamed heart at ease, is to become no longer a man, but the grass on which she grazes, the wind that rustles her hair, the ground on which she sleeps the sun that warms her skin and the hand of every cowboy she fancies for a dance. For none but the universe itself can tame a unicorn. So become the universe and she will be yours. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's dope. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... <clears throat> How did that come to you? So what was the moment? Well, that was the moment where in open relationship, right? Like you won't be able to be with the woman you want most at that point. You know, I fucking love Whitney. Right. She's with another man, you know. Like, so how do I get out of that pain? You know, how do I, can I, do I rely on the fact that she's wearing my ring? Mm. You know, do I rely on the fact that, you know, I'm financially responsible for this? Do I rely mm. on the fact that, you know, maybe one day we're going to have kids and and that's how I'll contain her and I'll mm. control her and she'll mm. be mine and I'll prove that she's mine and my, I can, uh, you know assure my ego hey ego don't worry she's yours because mm. of all these reasons x y and z mm. she's yours i was like no nah, that's not working <laughs> right that's a failure she's she's she'll never be mine she can't be mine no human being can be yours you know only so you have to expand the identification of self if mm. i want her to be mine mm. she's wild mm. The world is hers. Mm. Like the world can contain it, the universe itself. So become the universe. Mm. Become that other guy. Become, mm. you know, the house that she comes home to, the the food, the drink, the become all of that. And of course, she's mine. And then mm. there's nothing to fear. Yeah. And that was my escape. That poem came to me in the heart of the darkness. Mm. And then that was my escape out to allow myself to change my point of identification enlarge it to the universal and then ease my suffering mm. <laughs> of the moment it reminds me of that i think it's atticus with the love lover believer wild yeah thing totally. is that atticus i think that is atticus yeah. yeah i first heard that and i was like what the lover believer <laughs> wild like i was like get the fuck out of here and then i was like no, 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 he's right. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 he's 100% right. Yeah. So, yeah, any attempts, true. Any attempts otherwise are just fooling yourself. That's right. It's yeah. just giving your ego a little bit of, you know, a little bit of comfort. But at the end, it's bullshit. Yeah, and everybody, I mean, that's what's so beautiful about relationship. Any relationship, by the way, but it's, I think, most complicated in a love relationship or 
Actually, I can't say that because I don't have kids yet. So it might be more complicated in a child relationship. I'm sure it's a case-by-case basis. But, uh, you know, the dichotomy of having connection and freedom simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, what it's about. No matter what the structure of your relationship is, it's still about connection and freedom. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you, you know, become attached to someone and remain unattached? And how, and how much deeper is the connection when there is freedom? How much deeper is it when it's a choice? Because you can see day. the person. Yeah. If, if, you, if you have no freedom, then you become one thing in a way where you can't allow each other to continue to grow and you can't see the person as separate from your own needs. And so, you know, there's something that uh, one of my kind of spiritual teachers uh, talks to me about, which is the difference uh, of relating to reality through need rather than curiosity. And could you actually like come to every relationship that you were in with curiosity every single time of who is this person that I'm meeting now, even Mm -hmm. this person that you believe that you know so well? Um, and that you love so much and that you would do anything for, or even maybe give up your own life. Yeah. But how can you come to them with curiosity and with freedom? So, I mean, you're really living that, which I have a lot of doing respect my best, for. Man, doing my best. Yeah. But it's, it is a beautiful process because it does get to the root of it. You know, it does get to the root of a lot of things and certainly reignited a lot of that kind of poetic impulse, the ability to alchemize my own suffering and put it out into something else that can be positive and that's you know like when that when that poem takes shape not only does it heal me but then i know that 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 exists now right and that and the fact that that exists and whether i just tell that to one person who's moved just right at the right time when they need it or whether i publish it then all of a sudden my pain has a purpose beyond myself right exactly and when your pain has a purpose beyond yourself then you activate that kind of, I'm kind of a fucking hero. <laughs> you know, well, I'm kind of a badass. You, you know, I'm, you, I'm helping others. Yes, and you become the universe Yeah, in doing that. So you, you actually will become your poem in that way. Yeah. Uh, my mom used to say, you, you don't really know how people will be affected by something that you say to them because, you know, often you'll be in a conversation and you say something offhand and then you just walk away and, Maybe they don't even understand it at the time or vice versa. Someone says something to you and you don't understand it at the time, but it's a seed that's been planted and the seed is of transformation. And so I would say that's not only for conversation, but it's for creation, it's for art. You know, and there's no way to quantify what that poem will wind up doing for people or how it settles in their hearts, how it settles in their minds, how they actually might make a different decision mm-hmm. in the world. I mean, that's like the highest goal, I guess, from my art. I don't have like a specific uh, desire for someone to do anything in reality in a certain way. But I love if they actually do something in reality. That's the highest goal is if somebody hears a piece of art and they actually go, you know what? Like I can hear this voice inside of me now a little bit stronger and it's actually saying to do this and this will be positive and constructive for me and the people that I love. That is like very humbling and I'm very grateful for that. And there's no way, like I said, that you can actually say, this is quantifiable of what that poem did, but know that it does and it has ripples and your pain winds up being meaningful to other people in reality that way. And that's the truth for, for all people. Yeah. You know, for everybody. Exactly. It's just, and don't get lost in the scale. Right, exactly. You know, don't get stressed about, you know, if you share that, it's only going to reach 20 people. And if, you know, and if you share it, it's going to reach, you know, these many thousand people. It, that that doesn't matter. The game never ends that way <laughs> because it, it could yeah. be millions. And exactly. a person would say, well, what about this other person who has 10 million? You know, who cares? And it's just that's just the resistance we use not to do it. Exactly. You know, and and that that impact, you know, it's it's all fractal. You know, you make that one impact on one person, cool. That's like making an impact on the universe. We're all little universes contained. Like, just don't stress about that shit. Just fucking put it out there. Good for yourself. Good for one other person. Maybe just you getting that out there makes you a better 
fucking owner of your dog so you go take right. your fucking dog for a walk love these dogs and, that, <laughs> and, that, and that's the that's the benefit that any anybody else gets it's just right. like an extra fucking walk in the park and a scratch behind the ears and a frisbee fuck it that's fine right. like good you put at least some good out there you know and that'll make you feel good in, in, ultimately you ready to drop something sure all right let's drop something okay How do we talk about the problems without feeding them? If we ignore them, we most likely keep repeating them. If we explore them, we run the risk of reinforcing them. So how then do we get down to the source of them? Most people don't change. I mean, they won't change. I mean, they can change, but usually they don't change. I find it so strange. People just continue to repeat the same pattern like the consequences of them doesn't matter, but is that true? What if God put a magnifying glass over you, over me, over everything we see, and this world is an experiment for your soul to survive separated from our infinite whole? I wouldn't know joy unless I knew pain. I'm looking for a new way to say the same old thing. They say the same old thing and then expect a different response. It's hard to explain. I guess your heart wants what it wants. I used to think there was a right and wrong. Now I know that I was wrong, so I write. Darkness is a form of light. I used to think that I was mad at you. I was really mad at me, but in retrospect, that's how it had to be. I used to think I knew some shit. Now I know I don't know shit, but at least I know enough shit to know I don't know shit, shit. I'm a hitchhiking ghost trying to find his way home. Every mistake that I make, I put inside of a poem. She wants to change her man, but she's focused on her man. She should focus on herself, rearrange her mental health. He wants to change his girl, but he's focused on his girl. He should focus on himself, rearrange his mental health. We want to change the world, but we're focused on the world. We should focus on ourselves. Why do I repeat myself? Everybody's superpower doubles as their kryptonite. I think too much to sleep at night, but that's what makes me rip the mic. If you're not inspired by life, you're not paying attention. Our world is beautiful beyond all comprehension, but we rarely look around. We're so used to looking down, it can feel heavy when we even lift our heads up off the ground. We get lost inside of crowds. We forget that we belong, that our voices come together in this human song. It's more than merely right or wrong. It's learning how to get along, but it gets darkest right before the dawn. You are the rays emanating from the sun because faith is always blind. And the stories that we share become the mirror of our times. Our journeys intertwine, so the reflection is divine. I can see myself inside your eyes. We recognize the truth behind the disguise. Our struggles are the same. We have to celebrate the joy and celebrate the pain. We have to elevate the energy and rise to the task because change comes slow, but it happens fast. And since this moment doesn't last, our future is the past, but the answer has to first be asked. I call upon the dreamers and the poets and the prophets and the seekers. Let your music reach from out the speakers. Let it echo from the bleachers, from the artists to the teachers, from the painters to the preachers. There is no one that will lead us. We, the people, are the leaders. And I don't want to wait for someone else to change the world or pawn it off on the next generation of boys and girls. There is no one that is coming because everyone is here. We can be found in the crowd from the sounds of a cheer. So when it brings us all together, what will you have to say? When it brings us all together and the music starts to play, when it brings us all together, how will you own today? Because life is beautiful, and it's up to us to keep it that way. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. That was fucking incredible, man. Thanks, man. Fuck. It's so good. Thanks. It's so good. Man. That just makes me happy. 
Thank you. Makes me happy you fucking exist. Honestly. Ditto. You know, like uh, it's so so dope. I haven't heard that one before either, too. Yeah. Unre- unreleased for now, or is it you it's, put uh, it on stage or so it's it's interesting. I just did a collaboration with the Life is Beautiful Festival. Uh-huh. Um, which they have in downtown Vegas. It's incredible. Have you been to this? Mm-mm. It's an awesome, awesome festival. And, um, you know, it's one of the bigger ones. But the thing that I love most about it is, is that they transform Vegas. It's like 16 square blocks in Vegas. And so you watch downtown Vegas become a space of art. So they're bringing the art into the city oh, yeah. rather than people like having to go to a pasture like far away to experience art. It's actually like in Vegas. And I think it raises the energy in Vegas because of that. Um, So we did a collaboration on like the, I would say second half of that piece. And then I put together two other pieces at the beginning. I like kind of remixing my work. Mm -hmm. So I have so many pieces at this point, um, but over the years, some uh, remain important to me and some actually drift away as I change or my priorities change or my focus changes. So at that point, I start to chop the pieces up and then I can kind of like intertwine them and they wind up taking on new meaning. So that was actually three pieces that I stuck together. And uh, it winds up being something that then is, uh, it's creative even after the creation, which is fun for me. How is the just from a from the artifice of its standpoint? How is the memorization for you? Like, is that something that you've had to work for, or is that something that you've just trained yourself over and over? You know, um, I think that people specifically for me, because they'll come see me do an hour or something, and I'll tell stories in between and do a lot of crowd participation. But uh, there is a lot of memorization, and because there's nothing else there, like music or you know it's just me on stage by myself they're like specifically focused on how does he possibly hold all of that in his head but the thing is is if you got any rapper out there they know so many rhymes in their heads i mean when you know anybody they go on stage sometimes they'll do two and a half hours of concert stuff the only difference is, is if you just basically like condensed all of the lyrics without any musical any breaks. Music, yeah. They could just start rapping. I mean, Nas could start rapping and he wouldn't stop for th- three hours. <laughs> I mean, he has that much. Jay-Z. T- Nas, if you're listening, fucking. Like, yeah, shout out to it. Nas. <laughs> let's hear it, Nas. I want, um, want the three-hour uninterrupted yeah, exactly. flow version. I would love to hear that, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. I would, oh, I, yeah. I would, you know, I would love to hear some of my favorite rappers just do their lyrics. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would be amazing. Actually, this is a side story, but uh, when I was a teenager, I took mushrooms and I listened to Nas Illmatic. And all of a sudden, all the Aubrey Marcus podcast listeners just loved you even more. Oh, really? Right now. All right. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, so I fucking, I took shrooms and I was like, I was like at the house and I, I fucking got a boom box, you know? And um, I put in Nas Illmatic and uh-huh. I literally just blasted it and I put my head right up in between the speakers and I just lied there and I listened to the whole album. And at the end of it, I was like, oh, I understand. Nas is God. Like that was my realization (laughs) was that Nas was God and he had come back to give all of his wisdom. And I still believe that to this day. (laughs) Well, in a way you're true because we're all God. Yeah, We're all God living many different lives and many different experiences and sharing that wisdom. And if he got out of the way, of himself then he for sure was god just like any of us when we get out of our way we are god you know that album is transformative man it's yeah. one, of, one of the most amazing hip-hop albums i've ever heard to this day and it stands up to anything yeah well that's a fucking sounds like an interesting uh interesting experiment <laughs> experiment to do where everybody can confirm that hypothesis on their own um but yeah that's fucking rad man so that's how i memorize that's how you memorize so that makes sense man it makes sense so let's talk about all right so people who are inspired by you know hearing this poetry don't think that they're poets don't think that they have it in them you know um 
obviously, if you get a chance to go to one of your workshops, do that. Or get yeah. a good chance to go to another workshop because the environment is cultivated and you'll be really surprised at what you're able to write. But if someone's just at home right now, you know, and they're inspired from this, like what are the steps that you would give somebody to start to unlock that inner poet and just to start, start doing it, start doing it? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is just uh, to uh, do it, to not like talk about it, but to be about it and make the decision that this is something that you're going to do. Uh, and then the second thing is not need to be uh, not afraid of it, you know, to be okay if, if it's making you uncomfortable, that that's a part of the process. And Almost to, steer and to towards the discomfort. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then choose something that's meaningful and moving to you. It's really not that complicated. Like if art comes from passion, so if you don't know what it is that you want to say, really just pay attention to what it is that you're passionate about. And if you don't know what you're passionate about in this moment, think of your past and think of a moment that inspired passion in you. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be anything. It just has to be something that actually changed who you are. Think of a moment that changed who you are, that is moving and meaningful to you, and then write about that and have the intention of it being a poem. And if you have the intention of it being a poem, it's gonna be a poem. And who the fuck is <laughs> gonna tell you any different? Seriously, it's like, right. you know, nobody can teach you how to use your voice. All that they can do is provide you a space to explore it. So the more that you explore your voice, the more you'll become confident in it. And how do you start to do that is by choosing something that is moving and meaningful and then setting aside the time and the space. And then once you've created something, let's say you take a half an hour to write, and you just put on the clock, then you have to choose someone to share it with. Yeah. And that could be anyone in your life. It could be somebody you know well. It could be somebody that you want to know better. Because otherwise it's just journaling. Yeah, you have to actually share it with someone. Mm -hmm. That's where the magic and the, alch the alchemy actually happens. Yeah. That's where your pain becomes someone else's, you know, compassion and empathy is where you connect. That's right. You know, so I think that's a key part. I think exactly. that's, the, that's the final thing. And also, you know, one thing I've noticed is people get lost. People get lost in the rhymes, you know, like unless like add the rhymes way later. Hmm. You know, that's like if you're trying to learn how to do jujitsu and you're worried about the fucking you know, some 10th planet, crazy electric chair from truck kind of mm -hmm. final finishes where you don't even know basic guard position and basic mountain position. didn't you know? understand. Yeah, exactly. Like right some now. fancy ass position, like trying to get someone in the twister before, uh -huh. you know, like back mount, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't worry about the rhymes. If some rhymes come fucking dope. Right. Cool. Leave them. Don't like avoid them, <laughs> you know, but like just get the message out there. Like some of the most successful poets like Atticus, who's mm -hmm. very successful now. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a very simple sentiment right. on a page. Or one of my favorite Sufi poets is Hafiz. Mm -hmm. You know, and some of the things, nothing of he says rhymes. Mm -hmm. You know, nothing, hardly anything the Atticus says rhymes. But he'll say something like, you know, it's a lonely thing protecting a breakable heart. Mm. And he'll just put that on a white page. And you look at it and you'll go, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> that was a poem. When it's true, it's true. You know, when it's true. And it's just... So, all right, so that's a poem, and that was short as shit, right? You know, and that's that's the beauty of it. Is just let it be what it wants to be. Sometimes right. it'll be longer, sometimes it'll be shorter, and then share that thing, and then there you go. That's it. You're on your way. Now, I've also like in my <clears throat> in my past, you know, I I like the idea of the warrior blending with the poet, hmm. and I think to me they're similar, but they they represent different sides of the spectrum to me the warrior is kind of the cur the courage to go into the darkness to find where the poems live hmm. you know like that's how those things go together it's that willingness to steer yourself into those deep dark waters where hmm. the monsters live and the electric eels and those fucking things with the teeth and then the eyeball that's dangling over the top and you can't see it because it's pitch black and then it illuminates and it's right there like go in there into those vulnerable, deep, dark places, like that takes the warrior's courage hmm. ultimately. And then when you're there, then it's the poet's soul that allows you to take that 
take that lesson take that image and then bring that out bring it up to the surface up to the light where you dispel the monsters Mm. and realize they're not real because we're all just made of love and love can't be marred it can't be dented it can't be broken it can't be hurt it can't be anything we're we are the divine expression living separately you know so mm-hmm. you bring it up to the light and you get to realize that but it takes fucking courage to go into the deep and to me that was always the moniker of the warrior poet and that was like something that i put up like all right you know that's what my goal is mm-hmm. to, to be willing to go into the dark and then when this once i'm there feel it hmm. not with armor because a warrior can if you're a warrior alone you'll come all armored hmm. you'll go down to the deep and you'll be in a fucking nuclear submarine <laughs> you'll be like fuck you motherfuckers hmm. i got my warheads i got i got everything pressurized you ain't touching me hmm. you know but a warrior poet goes down there takes off all his armor feels what he feels recognizes his invulnerability comes back to the surface shares that with the world and then makes an impact hmm. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So what's next for you, my brother? What's uh what's this? Like to me, to me, it like it just boggles my mind that you're not a household name for the entire world, for one. You know, and I've and so but I know there's always, you know, there's momentum, there's stuff happening. What's what's kind of on the horizon? What what are you working on? You know, I'm really the worst person to ask that question to because I don't remember. (laughs) I really don't remember. You know, I was just literally in an event right now, and the dude, he was like, man, I love your stuff. I was like, oh, thank you. And he goes, I haven't seen you in two years. What have you been up to? And I was like, fucking two years, bro. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how to answer that question. I barely even, you know, can answer the question of what's happening in the next week. So I promise you what I said to him, I was like, well, I'm about to go do this this awesome dude's podcast and he was like really and i was like yeah <laughs> because that was where i was it was yeah. it was coming here and 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 doing that i mean we have so many things that we're working on yeah. uh but i don't even know what i'm allowed to talk about uh i know that if anybody's interested in getting at any of my materials or whatever you could just look me up i mean it's pretty easy mm-hmm. ion-q.com and then I'm INQ Life on all of the Instagram. And, and please do that. Yeah. That's like time well spent, everybody, yeah. for sure. I mean, we do shows all over the country and the world. Um, and I'm pretty consistently booked. And then we do our own public shows, too. Um, and uh, those are always selling out. We do them in like LA and New York and San Fran, different places like that. And then we make a bunch of videos. Um, so. Uh, one of the things I was really proud of is we made a, a video about gun violence, and uh, it has over 45 million views now. Wow. And um, we're actually going to have, uh, through the Brady campaign, it's going to start being played on uh, uh, all of the Viacom uh, television stations, um, that they're actually going to put up portions of the poem uh, to help further that message. So that was something that was really meaningful to me. and. Uh, I wrote about it because it was something that was bothering me and I needed to express mm-hmm. how I was thinking and feeling about it. And uh, yeah, I did a really emotional uh, solo podcast about that. Yeah. You know, and really just trying to, for me, it's about trying to focus on on healing the people. Yeah. You know, like healing the hearts that are behind these, you know, behind all of these acts. Like, yeah. We got a we got a wounded people crisis in the world, and it's yeah. coming out, and the symptoms are manifesting in a million different ways. But you know, people are, feel unseen, people feel unconnected to their community, mm. they feel alone, they feel isolated, they feel confused. They're on all kinds of medications that aren't helping the root cause. They're just masking the symptoms. They're just yeah. duct taping over a festering wound, you know, and spray painting it skin color. I'm saying like, no, I'm good. Oh, it's starting to stink? All right, here's some air freshener. Let's fucking put some cologne over the duct tape that's spray painted like skin and add some human scented cologne on there and let's all fucking pretend that we're well. Yeah. You know, and and that's not a good solution. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of pain out there. There really is. And and yet I actually have hope. I really do. I have so much hope, man. I, I feel like actually things are getting better i really believe that i just think that we're aware of 
all of the negative shit now in a way that we've never been able to be, you, you know, in the past. I mean, the, the internet has provided this space for human consciousness. Uh, and you'll imagine like how that's going to be in the next 10 years. I mean, eventually everyone in the world is going to be connected in some way. And that will create like this hive mind consciousness. And how will that transform us and how will we evolve? Well, hopefully it breaks down all of these fucking small identities where people are trying to carve out me versus them. Yeah. I mean, everything Everything really ultimately is silly at this point. All right. the fucking national borders, all of the yeah. different religious and tribal and racial identities and gender identities. Like, what? We're all gods and goddesses and life itself just expressing itself yeah. in totality. You know, And I think the quicker we can realize that, the quicker we can all look around and be like, hey, this game is awesome. This game board called Earth, it's fucking rad. Human beings, they're dope. Let's try and like keep this going for a little while longer. Let's let more souls and more children come through and face the hardships and the challenges and the triumphs and love. Like let's keep this available. You know, and I'll just look around, what do we got to do? Well, let's fucking definitely move some nuclear power plants away from areas where fucking tidal waves hit them. Man. Yeah, like, there's a lot of really shit. logical let's shit. Let's do some logical yeah, shit together. That, you know, like let's, doing. let's help mom out here. Yeah, and sure. then help, you know, help people out, get ready for the next big thing that's coming. But we got we to gotta have some of that connectedness. You know, we got to have, and we got to heal some of this trauma. And we got to wake people up from these, this automatic motion. That, that, that they have you know? well i think that you know to to your point that's the solution is you know if there is a lot of pain out there which we all admit that there is we have to stop being so afraid of it you know i think the only way to release pain is to feel through it which kind of brings us back to you know art and what it can be which is medicine yeah. for people to uh feel through their pain and and release it and um, I think everywhere you look, people are just very, very afraid of their, you know, sadness, their anger, their shame, you know. And it's a part of being human, you know. No you, doubt. You're never going to get rid of your ego, man. Your ego is a part of your humanity, so you have to accept it so that you can let, I don't know, let those things go, but also just integrate them into who you are so and that they don't run you. realize they're not that bad. Right, they're not. You know, it's like if you really think there's a monster under your bed and you're hiding under the right. fucking covers and you're constantly clutching and shivering and leaving the nightlight on, because just go look under the bed, man. Right. Go, like it's going to be scary for the first second. And then you shine that flashlight, like, oh, it's just carpet under there. Right, for you sure. Know, I'm good. And that ultimately is the other side of all of these fears, you know, that we, re we recognize who we really are. We recognize the strength of who we are when we actually shine a light on them. But it takes that moment of courage to actually, all right, I'm going to look under the fucking bed. I'm terrified of this thing. Okay, just shadows under there, hmm. you know, and, and that may take a year, two years, five years, 10 years to actually illuminate what's underneath the bed. But we got to do that or else it's going to play itself out you know and all of these fears right. this it's just externally gonna, externally and we're gonna find ways to drive us towards that all right we're scared of our health we're gonna drive ourselves to miss health we're scared of rejection we're gonna find people who constantly reject us we're right. scared you know we'll find ways to activate those until we release them you will always find the evidence for what you choose to believe <laughs> yeah 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 and and that's the that's this proof of love game that we're all playing with each other constantly you know we have this feeling that we're not worthy of love so every motherfucker out there has got to prove it right here's my case against you for not loving me you did right. this you didn't do this you didn't do this therefore it proves you don't love me you know like we're all playing that stupid ass game but where does that come from not feeling worthy of love where does that come from you know go down there and find out go fucking mining Go on an expedition. Figure that shit out. For sure. For sure. Um, how are we doing on batteries? No problem. No problem. Do you want to wrap this fucking party up? You got another uh you got another rhyme that you can sure. uh, yeah. you can give us to bring this thing home? What do you uh what do you want to hear subject wise? Do you have anything? Man, anything that wants to come through. Okay, I got a good one. Anything that wants to come through, let's fucking do it. 
I used to save my clothes for special occasions that never came. There in the closet they would hang, lonely in the dark waiting for me to change. But I was comfortable wearing my same things, my same shirts and my same jeans. My newer stuff was for the right time, a right scene. I wouldn't waste it on a normal day of living. It was more for an event or a premiere or the house party of the year where everyone was there so they'd see me in my fresh gear rocking just the right look so I could meet the right girl and get her back to my house and get her clothes on my floor. But the tags were still on the collars. A couple seasons went by, my shit was out of style. So now I'm back in the aisle buying more stuff. I take it back to my closet and hang it all up. I wonder what they do when I'm not around. What if they come alive, climb down, make believe they're me and run around, acting like they own the town, mixing outfits and floating like ghosts off of the ground? I mean, they probably want to be used. If they could choose, your shoes would try to break out of the box too. Kiss the concrete and learn to walk too. After all, that's what shoes were made to do, and even shoes want to feel purposeful. What if chairs want to hold up our weight? What if tables like when we gather around them to celebrate? What if beds want to carry our dreams? And we're taking them for granted because they're not living things. Then again, I've taken many living things for granted, too. I could pass you on the street and I would barely notice you because if I noticed you, I'd see how beautiful you truly are. And yet the closer that we get, the more I feel the distance from afar. Late night, lying in the grass, counting shooting stars. One day, we'll all buy our vacation homes on Mars with Nike gravity boots and Tom Ford spacesuits that come in camouflage. But as for now, we wander overpriced apart stores. What am I looking for inside the malls? Last week, I found a black hole beneath a pile of clothes at Ross. I fell in and got lost. Woke up four hours later in a discount suit from Boss. I keep it hanging on the hanger, hanging out with moths. Just another mediocre metaphor collecting moths. Tomorrow isn't promised to any of us. We're living in a dream, even when we're waking up. Besides, it's not about us. Just think of your stuff, because every day should be special occasion enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fuck, man. That's a beautiful idea. You know, we all have, and that's shit, man. That's a lot of what my book's talking about, mm. right? Like my book's talking about all this potentiality we have, all these things we know we can be mm. that are just right there. They're things that we're that are available to us that we're just waiting for some other time. We're pushing. Oh, my happiness, we'll wait for that time. Mm. Oh, I'll be joyful and full of love at that time. Oh, when my relationship gets here, okay, yeah, then I'll be there. Or when my money gets right, man, there's just the now. Mm. Just wear the fucking clothes do the things <laughs> you know one of the saddest stories with my mom you know who was a professional tennis player and made it you know had made you know made some good money for a while at a time gave one of my uh one of my cousins who is very poor mm. gave her a fur coat that she had been given in one of the from europe and one of the things like a badass fur coat and it was too small for her then and my cousin never wore it once because there was mm. never a chance that was right. good enough to wear it right right until eventually exactly as you said right you know the fucking moths ate it and the That's things it. ate it and, the, and they never never actually got to use it like yeah. it was too special you know yeah. and that's the literal example but the metaphorical example is all the things that we're capable of being that we don't actually let out you know because we're waiting some that poetry that we're, we're hanging on the shelf that song that we're hanging on the shelf that dance that asking that person out that asking for the raise that you know just shining is who we are like fuck it yeah you know wear the fur coat to the park lay it on the grass and use exactly. it as a fucking picnic mat yeah like who gives a shit yeah you know just just enjoy it yeah and it, it you know i mean 
I'm writing as a reminder to myself. hundred percent. I mean, that's hundred percent. You know, that, that. that's a poem I think of to remind myself to to live now and to take advantage of this moment and make this the special occasion. Yeah. I remember I was so I was on, I was on a lot of mushrooms recently. <laughs> I was on a lot. I love of how mushrooms. I was a teenager. Yeah. And you were like recently. <laughs> oh, no, recently. Yeah, I was on a lot of mushrooms. You're like right now, bro. <laughs> right now. Uh, and uh, we were out. We were hanging with a couple of friends, and one of my uh, one of my friends, her butt got really itchy at the time, and I, I was just laughing at the hilarity of of all humans and how important we take things and how like special we take things and. And I was just, I was howling with laughter, mm. you know, and it was just a really beautiful day where I was just laughing at myself and laughing at people. And and in my bag, in my satchel, I have, I wonder if I have it here. I have this, this, vi- this jar of something that's probably like one of my most prized possessions. Here, I'll let you smell this. So this is like sacred piri piri oil in a salve from, mm. from the jungle. And I've like, I've I've kept it, you know, like really. Cl- it's like in my bag, and it's like one of the most special things I have. What is it? It's this uh, grass that grows in Peru called piri piri, uh-huh. and it has this amazing smell. Okay. And to me, it smells like it smells like starlight. No, it's really nice. Yeah, it's like a, a crazy, a crazy fucking smell. I know that doesn't make any sense. No, to it makes sense. But, yeah. but anyway, so she, she's in the front mushroom, and her butt's itchy, and this is a salve, right? And I was like, oh, I have something for that. <laughs> and she's like, really? I can rub that on my butt? And I go, yeah. She's like, well, what is it? I was like, it's just the most precious thing I own. <laughs> it smells like starlight. <laughs> yeah. It's the sacred. And we just started howling. You know, we started howling because at that moment, the, just her butt was itchy. Did so, it work? Of course. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, rub the sacred on it. Of course it works. Right. You know, and there's never a moment that I've regretted, you know, the fact that, yeah, all right, maybe that you know, you don't put this on your butt, you know, normally in waking life. But at that point with an itchy butt, fucking put the sacred on it. Hey, man. Put the fucking sacred on it. Who cares? Who cares? There's more sacred out there Agreed. in one way shape or form. Fucking live. Go for it. Yeah. Man. Thank it's been you for a pleasure, me, brother. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's always great to chat it's with awesome, you. It's awesome, man. Appreciate you, Absolutely. So you mentioned it in q.com, yeah. NQ life on YouTube. Yeah, I NQ life on YouTube. And if you get a chance to see this man, do it. Catch him. Catch him now when you can. Catch him later. I don't know. All the time. I'm out there. You're out there. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much, everybody. Love you guys. Much love. Peace. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast as much as me. And if you're feeling inspired, please share NQ's work. He's got a ton of it out there on YouTube. It's really powerful, as you've heard. And write your own poetry. Share your own stories. Share your own myths and pain and beauty and truth and awe with the world that's what's going to create the healing i appreciate you guys so much i'll see you next week